This is Family Time 93. I was kind of excited for this one, only because it's number 93, which is a number that I like. It was my defensive number when I played football in college, which doesn't mean a lot to anybody else, but it's kind of funny if you're a sports person or someone who just has an affinity for numbers. There are certain numbers that sort of just jump out to us, mean something to us, and 93 is always a big number for me. It's one of my favorite numbers. So this is Family Time 93. We're talking about technology and communication. We're back to relationship skills for our social-emotional learning competencies. And when we're talking about relationships, we're talking about communication in our contemporary society, we have to consider how technology plays a role in our communication. And that's not to say that it's inherently good or bad, because it isn't. There are a lot of great aspects of communication, new avenues, newer avenues of communication that exist because of the technology we have. We are much more connected to people all over the world. I see this so much with my students, and that's who I'm really thinking about is my students, my own children. That's what all of this stuff is focused on. And there's a lot of great things, I think. I think in some ways, my students, my children, perhaps the younger generation as a whole, is a little more open-minded, a little more culturally aware, a little less divisive about some things because they are constantly exposed to so many different ideas. They're exposed to people who are from different areas, from different backgrounds, all those sorts of things. I see a lot of good in that. I also see a lot of potential positives in what what we can learn, how we can be motivated. We can use social media and internet access, all those sorts of things, as a very powerful tool. Because we have so much information available to us at all times. That's an amazing gift. That we can look things up and we can learn and we can, we can very much be self-directed learners. We don't always use our technology for that, but it's there, and and I do see it getting used. I do see students investigating things that are interesting to them, even if it's in a fairly passive way, like following certain people who inspire them on social media. That's okay. I think there's a lot of positives that come from that. I know I look at my social media and go through an Instagram feed or whatever, and there's there's a lot of coaching things that I'm interested in. And maybe it is just little clips that give me an idea for something down the road. I'm not actively investigating one thing, but I do find benefit in those sorts of things. So that's one thing I'm going to ask my students about is, what are some of the potential benefits of things specifically like social media? And there are, are a lot of good things. Then we're also going to talk about what are some of the potential risks. And I know there are certainly things that I am worried about, 
concerns I have regarding my students and my children with respect to social media. I think the first thing is that constant connection. It's great to have pretty much unlimited access to information whenever we want it. But because we have that constant connection, it's sometimes difficult to turn off. I do see the pressure that puts on our young people. In a lot of ways, I think I see less bullying in the school than I did even when I started teaching and certainly than I think was going on when I was in school. I think part of that is more of it has shifted to online. So it's not as visible. A lot of maybe bullying, tormenting, those sorts of things isn't physical in the way that it was maybe when I was younger either. And that's something that makes it tough is because when I was a kid and you maybe had an issue at school, you could hopefully go home and be away from that issue for a while. Or now, if, if there's an issue with friends or someone's getting bullied, it's harder to get separation because our young people are connected through social media, through their phones, through all of the contemporary technologies we have. And it's pretty easy to say like, oh, well, just ignore it, just be off of it. But I think that's a little naive. That's the world now. That's the world in which our young people have grown up. It's the world in which they exist. It's the world in which they communicate. They spend a lot of their time communicating that way. There's a lot of challenges that come with that. One being that constant connection. That they can't get away from some maybe negative things. And also, even when they're not experiencing negative things, I see a lot of students struggle with that, that FOMO, that fear of missing out. That they, because their friends are so connected to each other, they... They don't want to necessarily take a break from it because they don't want to miss out on something. They don't want to miss out on the message that's being shared. They don't want to miss out on if people are getting together. It's, a, it's hard that way, especially when we're young and we want to fit in and we're seeking a sense of belonging. We were just talking about last week when we were discussing validation separating ourselves from the constant connections in a group is hard. That does raise some other concerns about things like diminishing face-to-face -face conversation skills. It's funny. We'll talk about this in class. And my students recognize. They will point out that we're not as good as a generation, generalizing, but saying, 
A lot of us aren't as good with face-to-face conversation, feel uncomfortable, don't know what to say, feel awkward, because a lot of their communication is being done digitally. So then especially when they have to communicate with someone who's older or maybe has a, an apparent position of authority, there's some discomfort there. That is something I worry about because there is a great deal of value in face-to-face communication. And it's something that I know my students are going to have to develop especially as they go into the workforce because they will be working with people of different generations. That's another one of my concerns is being able to bridge the generational gaps. We did something just recently as a teaching staff at one of our in-services. Our principal put together a list of social media terms. It was abbreviations and slang terms or whatever that our young people are using. And this is very informative to sort of be aware of what is out there that we don't know. I think, I think that's something that's happened with communication through technology is maybe... Some of the generational gaps that always exist as we reach the older generation, we no longer understand everything the younger generation is doing. And part of that is natural, but things develop and change so quickly. Trends move so quickly. There's so many TikTok trends. There's a weekly new trend, it seems, that as an older generation, as a teacher and a coach and a father... I'm not going to keep up with all of them because I'm not tuned into that in the same way. So from my side, I have to at least be aware of that. There's a lot of things out there that I'm not going to be involved with that I'm not going to really be aware of. But then also trying to support the young people with whom I work by helping them understand that that's not all of communication either. There's a lot of comparison in social media. I'll see my students judge themselves against images that they're seeing through social media. People look a certain way, act a certain way, do things a certain way. And it's hard to separate and understand that they're seeing a catered image. Even when we consciously know that. We're all guilty of this. Even when we're logically, practically, we understand that we're seeing an image. Someone is is catering, is putting together and sharing for a reason. It's hard to separate ourselves and not not judge ourselves against the finished product we're seeing. And it's also hard to understand that we're seeing this little blip of a 
a person's life that may not be indicative of their entire existence and how they feel and how self-assured they are and how they're living day to day. But we compare ourselves to those images. I see that really affecting young people. And even on a more innocent level, some of the challenges that arise through social media is just the mindless scrolling and the limited attention span required of much of it. It's these quick videos and little blurbs and it's something that's just scroll, scroll, scroll. It's the extreme version of when I was a kid and flipping channels when cable television first really came to be, came to be widely spread. It can be such a time waste scrolling through social media. Time just passes and we're not actively looking for anything. We're just scrolling. And that, I think, leaks into a lot of our lives is we're not actively pursuing something we're just scrolling, we're just sort of going along, not looking for anything in particular. Those are all potential challenges. So, this my point right now isn't to try to solve all of these problems, but with all of this stuff, it's important to have these discussions. It's important to have these discussions in class to ask ourselves how does communication impact or how is communication impacted by technology in general? What are some of the positives? What are some of the negatives? And personally, individually, it's important that we ask those questions. How do I interact with technology? How do I interact with other people through technology? How is that impacting my communication skills? Do I enjoy it? Am I getting something positive out of the time I'm spending connected with social media, etc.? And if not, how do I better manage those things? How do I better utilize those things? We'll talk more about this down the road, but it's important to come up with some management strategies. I try to do that. I find myself scrolling through Instagram without a real plan. But then I, I try to set myself up because I don't mind that sometimes. Sometimes I like to just see what's on there. I like to pick up new stuff. I like to check out what people are posting in areas of interest for me. I've got a lot of visual art stuff and football stuff and jujitsu stuff and whatever that I like to scroll through and see and save things. I can go back and look at them later. That's all right. But I try to be precious with my time and set aside, oh, right, this is the time that I'm going to scroll through Instagram, whatever. Then I try to put limits on that and I try to set my phone aside. That's one thing I always keep my phone on silent, do not disturb mode so it doesn't vibrate anything. So I'm just checking my phone when I have time and seeing any messages, calls, anything like that that I do have. I'm not letting it interrupt whatever I'm doing in the moment. And with that, I try to actually not carry myself all the time. Unless I'm traveling or I'm somewhere where it's handy to have it, 
when I'm teaching, when I'm at home, I just set it aside somewhere. I don't have it with me so that I'm not tempted with downtime. It's something I'm specifically seeking out and doing. And that's a little bit of an aside. That's kind of where we want to go from here. But first, we have to have those conversations about how technology is affecting our communication. But let's have a great week this week. Let's think about communication. Let's communicate with each other. Much love.